Welcome to a brand new episode of Tower Talk. This is Casey. And this is Chris. So, we got a lot of news we got to cover um, this week. So, let's get right into it, man. Let's start off with uh, some Marvel stuff. Um, so, right off the bat, Infinity War, um, we talked about it last time they moved up the data week. Um, they've already, you know, outsold all of their their pre-sales, their tickets. Um, first, it was, well, I don't remember what it first was, but it was Black Panther recently as far as uh, being the fastest selling pre-sale tickets. But now it's, um, now it's Infinity War, which does not surprise me. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, this is, I'm, I'm still super surprised as, about how well Black Panther has done. Uh, fifth fifth weekend in a row. It, it, I mean, only one other movie has really done this, and that's Avatar. And that's that's pretty amazing seeing that Avatar set the standard for movies um, going to the new generation with 3D and all that stuff, right? Just a quick Avatar in the sixth sense. Right. So, you know, 2000, I don't know, seven or something. And then like 1997. It's like it was the it was the third movie to do it in the last nineteen years. That's what you know it said. What, and what's really amazing about this is that a movie like like the other movies didn't do this. Uh, Avengers didn't even do this. So it's you know it's pretty amazing that that this movie has without any kind of gimmick or or anything like that has done so well um, being a superhero movie. So that's 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 huge. And we'll see really if Infinity War can can do the same. And I was thinking about that last night. Can it, can it stay afloat for five weeks like this did? I don't know if it can, you know, I, I believe it can, but I don't know if it can at the same time, because you're going right into the summer movie. Like black Panther came out that golden time. Um, we talk about how time of the year doesn't really matter anymore. It, it does when it comes down to down to money and stuff like that. But um, yeah, we can say black Panther was aided by the time of year it came out. But at the same time, it's like, it's doing things that no other movie has done. So, yeah, I mean, maybe Avengers will be able to stay on top of other things, but not probably Deadpool. Well, that's the that, thing. That movie's scoring higher than the first one already with test audiences. Which is yeah, cool. which it should. Um, the thing about, yeah, Infinity Wars, it can't because it has Deadpool now because they moved it up three weeks later. Uh, Han Solo a month later. Now, Black Panther had to go against the wrinkle in time. And then everything else is just kind of smaller. So the time of year does not matter except for May, June, and July. August now doesn't exist. Like, August is actually, if if I was a studio, I'd release a huge movie in August because the last five, ten years... They really haven't been doing it. I remember Scott Pilgrim coming out in August and just dying and Expendables 3. Like, they put out a lot of weird movies in August and they they die. So if it were me, if I was Disney, I think we have Ant-Man and the Wasp coming out in July, but I'd put it out in August. If it, if it were me, I'd put it, like, the last week of July and let it just ride until, um, until after that first week in September when kids go back to school because then, you know, September now has taken over for horror movies for some weird reason instead of October. It still shocks me though. Halloween might change that this year. Um, 
November is now, it was a James Bond month, a Harry Potter month. Now we're getting DC superhero movies and um, we're also going to be getting them. Um, well, actually, no, sorry. Aquaman comes out in December, but we are getting dark Phoenix in, in November this year. So I don't yeah, know. We got, we got Thor in November last year. We did get uh, Thor in November last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, you know, I always see, I always think about it. You know, it's like one to families go to the movies together. You know, it's, it's that. It's a good time. Yeah. So, um, you know, just really to answer your question, Infinity War will not beat, uh, it won't do five weeks, but I guarantee you it will make more money than Black Panther. I, I don't see any reason why that movie, if it's good, won't beat two billion because I just well, watched, oh, go on. Sorry, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I mean, Black Panther didn't do great in China. You know, so I mean, a movie like Avengers would probably do better in a huge market like China. I mean, fucking, that's the other thing nowadays that we used to put all of our eggs into the into the domestic box office basket, and it don't matter anymore because you look at things like Terminator Genesis, where it made five hundred million, and I think it maybe made a hundred million in America, maybe Uh, Pacific Rim, and most recently Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider opened up to like 23 million, I think, last weekend. And it opened up overseas. I think it's already at like 400 million. So it's just like people overseas seem to like adventure and they they sure as a hell love fantasy and they sure as hell love monsters. So you you put that kind of stuff over there in sci-fi. They just like genre. Like you'll never see a blockbuster like uh I don't know, Forrest Gump, you know what I mean? Like some drama, like they don't care about that kind of stuff, but um, Infinity War will do really well overseas. And I hate to sound racist, but I think that's why Black Panther didn't do that well overseas. Well, you don't sound racist. They're racist. (laughs) Right. I guess like, but I do think that because of it being an African-American. Don't play the race card. You're not playing the race card. Right. I I do actually believe that is why it did not do as well. um, Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we see the, we see what, you know, a lot of people are doing for, for children in, in, you know, in the, in schools that, you know, they couldn't afford it in the, in the lower income areas. Um, out here, the kids are actually airing schools going on Friday to see the movie, so they're still doing that stuff. Yeah, tons of that, yeah, tons of students went. Yeah, it just means a lot more to to our country, especially in the uh, the turmoil it's been in. So you know, it's very important for us. Yeah. So back to the geekiness of things. Yeah. Um, so continuing on with Avengers, or yeah, Avengers Infinity War. Um, you know, we got a lot of things missing. Uh, we don't know, like, where's Hawkeye? Uh, where's Nick Cage or Nick Cage, yeah. Yeah, where's Nick Cage? Where's Nick Cage from this movie? Uh, where's Nicholas Cage not in a Marvel movie outside of Ghost Rider. <laughs> Maybe he's making a grand appearance. Yeah. Why am I blanking on his name? Who is it? Sam Jackson. No, but what's his character? Oh, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Jesus. Seriously, where is Nick Fury? Especially when they talk about Nick Fury being like a main character in the '90s. Like, you know, it's weird that. Sam Jackson launched this with a post credit scene in, in in Avengers, and we haven't seen him yet. But no, I think in, Iron Man. in Iron and, Man. I'm sorry, yeah, in Iron Man. And I just think that uh, they're saving him for something good in this movie. 
there's no way that Nick Fury is not in this movie, man. Right. My or other dies in this yeah. Movie. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he could. Um Hawkeye I don't I care. Don't care as much. I mean, come on, man. How like people making all this stuff, they're just a bunch of stupid trolls anyhow. Listen, Hawkeye is not a big character in these movies. Hawkeye is not not even that good of a character in these movies. He's all he is he's he isn't. He's a C list character in these movies. He's just background noise and you know what? They tried to make him important in Avengers two and everybody hated it. So it's like you can't give people what they want with this character. Maybe they will this time around. But you know what? In the end, nobody gives a shit about Hawkeye. Sorry. Well, I will say this. I just watched Avengers again the other day. First of all, it's a brilliant movie. Like, I, I was laughing. I was, you know, goosebumps. Like, just as, like, the first time I saw it. I was like, holy cow. I wish... DC would make a movie this fun. Like I wish the Justice League was this fun because it was it's it's a blast and I understand why it made so much money because it really is a fun time and it's very smart. And one thing that they just have not done properly in DC is like every character gets an arc in Avengers and gets a little backstory even though they may have had previous movies and as much as we I want to say like Hawkeye doesn't mean anything, he actually has a huge fucking role in that movie. Like a lot of it, yes, he's under the control of Loki, yeah. but they give him a little backstar story with uh Natasha. Like, and then at the end, like he's just as much in it in that battle as everyone else. That's so I was like, okay, this is actually a lot more than I thought he got. I, I get didn't it. remember it. I get it, but the the hype behind where is he? Who cares? I mean he was in. He shows up in a small scene in Thor. He shows up as a back character in Avengers. You know, what I, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I care like enough that he's in this movie. But I, you know, I understand like the jokes and stuff in that, but it's annoying because, of course, he's in this movie. <laughs> it was like one of the first people they showed with his new costume and all that stuff. So I mean, they've got something special for him because that's what they've been building on. They're building on the fact that Jeremy Renner was not happy with his his role in the first movie, you know, being underplayed like that, and then and then all the flack he got for the second movie. So I mean, yeah, I think they're gonna do something with him. I think that he's either gonna die or he will be a larger part of what goes on going into the next generation of Avengers. So I, I think that you know, watching that little two second thing where they show him and um Scarlet Witch doing something, I or Scarlet Witch, Black Widow. I think, uh, like, when they do that Black Widow movie, I hope it's him and her. Yeah. Just like Captain America Winter Soldier is him and her, I think that it should be Black Widow's movie, but Hawkeye is in it throughout the whole thing. Because I, mean, I really... It's I think what we're it would owed. It. I, I think so. Yeah. We're owed that at least. Because it's like, we're going on these huge grand scale adventures all the time. And we don't... Sometimes it's like there's so much more to it if you just take it down a notch and you go to like that, that shield level of, of super spy and stuff. That's what we, that's another genre that they haven't even tapped into yet is that real side of shield, not the TV shit, the real side of shield. Yeah. They really so, have not done a lot of shield stuff. So yeah. hopefully that's, that's where they can. Yep. I agree. Impress me some more. Um, the Russos came out and talked a little bit about it, uh, about the movie and saying that, 
we don't really know anything about the sequel um, other than they said it is a true sequel. The, the message is a little mixed because first he said, oh, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the first movie, you know, but then they also compared it to Harry Potter, uh, the last two movies, and uh, which is literally like one giant movie. There right. is a little bit of a turn, but it's still a continuation. It's a literal continuation. Like the first part of that Harry Potter is like learning about Voldemort and all that shit. And then the second part is fighting Voldemort in that big war. So, and they have said in this movie, it is a Thanos backstory. Like this infinity war is a Thanos backstory. We get to see him young. So we get to see the heist. So I think this whole first movie is him getting those infinity storms, learning about Thanos because we really don't care about him right now unless you're a comic book fan. Um, and then on top of it, we get to see him finally getting them and then destroying numerous Avengers. The second movie is how do you, how do you deal? Yeah. That Wakanda, that Wakanda scene is the end of the movie guaranteed. That's the culmination. That's the climax. And that's the end of the movie right there going into the sequel. I think so. That battle is towards the end of the movie, at least. Absolutely. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. How are they gonna like they spend? How much time are they gonna spend on a backstory? To be honest, I call this a Thanos backstory. The two-hour movie, two and a half hours, hours, two hours and thirty-six minutes. Right. I think that we see the beginning of the movie is that New York shit, mm-hmm. and then we see him because that right there is not him with all the infinity stones. That's just him being like, yo, I'm here. I need to kill vision and get his stone. I need to get the stone from, uh, Dr. Strange because he clearly destroyed bleaker street. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's him going to New York and going, okay, let me grab this stuff. And then boop, go up to the cosmos, mess around with the guardians and Thor up there. We hear Gamora tell us about him. That's his backstory. Then I think the middle of the movie is that Wakanda shit and getting ready. But because we don't see too much of his his rogues gallery there, um, and I can't remember what their name is. The, the black, black black five or something. I don't think it's, it's that. not that stupid. But no, no it's, it's yeah, definitely not the that. black guard, right? Yeah. So I think that those guys, Black Order, Black Order. Oh, Black Guard. Like, no, they call it Black Order. Okay. They call it the Black Order. I think that... Um, they do whatever they want. Huh? They do whatever they want. Well, I think those guys Infinity are going to... Stones! I think they're going to help them grab the Infinity Stones, but I think that Marvel's been really good about not showing us a lot in these trailers since the flack of, like, Age of Ultron showed us a little too much. And I think... They they usually just show you like a scene and then they extend the scene in the next trailer and then they extend it a little bit more in the next trailer. Um, because I think of like Black Panther, for example, I don't think we saw like that giant war with all the Wakandans in any of the trailers. At least I don't remember. We've seen them. We've seen that in almost every trailer. We did. Yeah. In the from Black Panther. What's the war where they like caps caps beard and all that shit? No, 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 no. I'm saying about? like if you go back to the for the footage of Black Panther, oh. that fight with all the Wakandans, 
I don't remember seeing that in the promotional material. Like they saved that. Yeah, because they didn't want you to see those giant rhinos run around and take you out of it. Correct. Right. Well, that's a smart idea. I I think that we haven't seen <laughs> the ending. I could be wrong. We haven't, we haven't seen shit. I think we that, haven't seen but shit. But I think that battle is closer to the end of the movie. I think that's the climax of the movie. Cool. It just seems really big spectacle. Um, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll, right. we'll know in a month. We'll find out very soon. I need to buy my tickets once I get paid today. That's right. Fuck. Um, all right. So then finally, uh, Cloak and Dagger got a new preview um, coming to Freeform. Yeah, that, that was a good preview. Um, I liked it better than the first one. It definitely got me more into wanting to watch the show. Yeah. Now that I actually, you know, like, I is this Marvel Studios? It is, right? Okay. Yeah, that was one of the property. How do you own this property? Isn't Cloak and Dagger under the Spider-Man umbrella? It's one of those cross, like Kingpin yeah, technically can show up. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's cool. Yeah, I, you know, and she said shit in the trailer, and I was like, oh, okay, I thought this was just going to be more, I think know. Freeform's a little risque. I think so, honest. too. Yeah. There are some, like, more adult programs on there, like, old, like, older teen Programs. Actually, you know what? I watched Stitchers was from Freeform, and Stitchers was very risque. They didn't say shit, but they did some sex stuff, and it's a good sci-fi show. So, yeah, you know, um, it it looked good, you know, I, you know, and it hopefully introduces people to these characters in a new way. Because so does Freeform work for those people out there that don't have it? It works on Hulu. There's a Freeform app. But there's, well, it wouldn't work on of, It would be a different app entirely. It's, it's, I thought it's it is part of. I thought you could watch it as part of Hulu. That's what I had read. It's on TV. Freeform is. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's on. Get, it's on cable or whatever. You probably have it. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out. <laughs> so I got yeah. Hero, so no. All right. So take us into some DC news. DC news. Big week for uh, Justice League fans, and not I'm not talking about the movie that just came out either, um, which I did end, end up picking up for free because um, I had a gift card. So I went and bought that awesome steel book, nice with the art on it. So nothing's better than a shitty free movie. Um, I wonder what the if there's a documentary on there. There's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff on there. I haven't gotten to it yet, but that's yeah. my weekend. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see that because I do want to see. The thought behind it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm curious about. I'm very to curious to see if they show Zach and Joss. Yeah, that's what I want. I want to see kind of what went wrong. Um, <laughs> yes, but in comics, Justice League is getting kind of a reboot. Everything's going to kind of get a reboot in the DC universe now after Post Metal, uh, which is better than what Marvel does, where they just throw up a, a new release of Marvel now and just reboot everything. This. When DC does it, it seems to make more sense because it's either after a, a crisis event or something like that. Uh, so we'll see. It seems kind of ex- like some of the titles that are coming out of this seem pretty exciting, but it's not like a full reboot. Um, uh, Justice League, Scott Snyder will be jumping on board and with art by Jorge Jimenez. Uh, so this is exciting because they're adding a couple classic members, uh, including Martian Manhunter, Hawkgirl, and... John Stewart Green Lantern. Um, so that's cool. 
because that reminds me very much of the animated series and that should definitely make people excited because um, you know Scott Snyder is a wonderful writer and I think that he'll take these books in a new direction. I was I was enjoying uh, what was what's, what's his name the lad priest I think priest was writing Justice League in the last few issues here and that was that was pretty good but yeah Scott Snyder and Justice League could be pretty good really excited for that and that starts in may i believe yeah the the lineup sounds pretty pretty dope i'm excited for that um i know they revealed a bunch of the, the covers i didn't have it written down but they revealed a bunch of the covers for action comics 1000 as well which were pretty cool um yeah i mean it's just cool like the bring back martian manhunter that's huge you know that's yeah, something that it's been bothering people for a long time. Um, and it's just, let's get that core back together. I mean, that's what you're really building towards a rebirth. That was the whole idea. We're building right back to that classic DC that everybody wants, but with, with modern flair. So cool. I, I'm going to pick up these, this title and, and not look back. Mm -hmm. uh, April marks the 1,000th issue of Action Comics. So... Uh, Brian Michael Bendis joined DC back a while ago, wrapped up a lot of his Marvel stuff. This is going to be his first real uh, starting point for DC Comics. So Action Comics 1000, they they redid the numbering when they went to Rebirth so that they could get to this point and it's finally here. Uh, so in celebration of that, there are various covers, varying covers that uh, depict the different ages, the different decades. So I actually had ordered... 80 years. 80 years of Superman. Um, so each decade gets one. I ordered a, I think it was the 30s. 30s when it came out, when he first came out in Action Comics. So I ordered that variant and the regular comic. Um, and, you know, that's pretty ambitious, but I mean, DC seems, I mean, they're very ambitious about their variant covers, but they're also very good about their buyback programs. So I think that DC's programs for comic shops are very beneficial. So, you know, get on these um they are available i found mine online actually uh so you can order them on tfaw and sites like midtown comics easily so get on that before they sell out because you know they will yep 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 i'm excited about it uh next up shazam logo revealed so uh who's the who's the director samberg sam david up samberg Sandberg designed this logo himself, apparently. That's just what I read. Um, the original idea for this logo. I love this. I love the Shazam logo. I love what it depicts. It reminds me of the old look brought into the modern. Um, it's very like, I don't know. I just, it just says, you know, everything I see from this movie gets me excited because I think they're moving in the right direction. Now saying that, it's DC, so I can't get overly excited because I want this movie to work more than anything. And I think that these little standalone movies, even if they are connected to the larger universe, is where, as we said before, where DC can, can set themselves aside if they just do things right, get the right creative teams and the right directors on this kind of stuff. So let's hope. Let's hope. Hmm. Yeah, I um, 
I'm pumped, you know, just seeing the, seeing the pictures, you know, they, they said that they're not going to release. Well, they're not jumping on releasing a full picture of the, of the costume yet because of so many leaked images, but you know, that costume looks pretty great. And, uh, Zachary Levi looks great for the role and, you know, it's a logo, but it's cool. You know, it, it fits in line with what they're doing, which is straight comic adaptation. You know what I mean? Not even trying to, <laughs> not even right. trying to, yeah, like not. And that's, that's what I want. So I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about that. You can't ground magic. And we'll talk about that in a second, but mm-hmm. uh, some more DC movie news here. So I've been waiting for this. Uh, DC has announced that Ava DuVernay, Say her name. Yeah, Duvernay. Duvernay. She yeah. is the director of Franklin Time. Uh, so she'll be taking on the new gods. So that's exciting and not exciting for me. Um, because if they do fuck it up, I'm going to be very, very, very disappointed. Um, but seeing that this is not supposed to be connected to the DCEU, uh, this is also awesome seeing that they're getting another female director attached to their movies and that she is actually a big new gods fan. So that little equation right there gives me some good feels about it. Um, and I, you know what, as we were saying, that's, you got to go big, um, do things that, that your competitor is not doing. Uh, I don't, you know, the way I look at it, Marvel failed. They failed in this aspect, they had an they had in humans, they had something that they could build in somewhat similar, um, a similar show or a movie or something like that, that could even be on par with what the new gods are in DC. And they failed at that. So, um, this is an opportunity, I think, for the, for DC to set themselves aside. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm not as familiar with the new guys as you are. Obviously, uh, Jack Kirby brought that over to DC when, isn't it like Marvel said he couldn't do something like this? Something so he like said, that. like, screw you then. I'll just do it. I'll do what I want because I'm Jack Kirby and I'm the greatest comic creator ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I am familiar with the characters. I just have not read too much like on their own books i I didn't read the fourth world like you did so i am on the fence with her directing it um i have to be honest with you i haven't seen either of her films i've never seen selma and i haven't seen wrinkle in time i've heard selma's brilliant i've heard wrinkle in time is okay it got a lot of mixed reviews and the only reason why i say not her is because I guess like, I don't, I just don't know enough about her to say this is a good choice or a bad choice. Um, the one thing that I will say is that who the fuck is running things at DC again? Like you are literally taking a shotgun, throwing titles inside of it, the barrel and just shooting it in our faces because it's like, what, like, Where's, where's, okay, so the Flash film, the directors got announced. That's a fact. It's a fact that the directors got announced. It's not a fact that we have a shooting date or anything like that. Deathstroke movie? Where? Nightwing movie? Where? Batgirl movie? 
dead in the water. Where the fuck is the Batman? Of all the things that should be fast tracked, um, Man of Steel two, Suicide Squad two, Gotham City Sirens, like all these titles exist. I mean, and right now we know there's a Wonder Woman two, there's a there's an Aquaman movie in post production, uh, a shooting Shazam, and yep. supposedly Ava Duvernay shooting this movie. What? And as we can see from the stalted production of the flash that could change i i put this on the same list as as all those movies i mean this doesn't exist to me i mean you think that you're gonna do something this ambitious and you can't even get a batman movie out yeah yeah so like i don't i take these things with a grain of salt i'm happy that this is announced and that they would even think about doing this this is something that Maybe they should have started at the beginning with like the mythology thing with DC and built up from there, and then gone into like them being gods. You know that that may have been something interesting to see. You know, start with new gods and Wonder Woman and Aquaman and all these these these. You know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, um, it's it's super ambitious, especially when you have all these other like grounded series that you can't get off the ground. You know, that's redundant, but at the same time, it's 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 not working for you. So, Batman is your most popular character, and you still can't get a goddamn, like, firm hold on what you're doing with it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I don't believe this shit. And nor do I want to think about it as much. But it's exciting, and then I think about what they do with step people, you know. So... I believe know. me, I... I, I... <laughs> I want to see Darkseid, but we should have saw him in, yeah. in Justice League. I definitely Netflix. want to see Orion. I definitely want to see Mr. Miracle. You know, they've been doing a good job with the comic. Um, who's writing that comic? Because it uh, is King. It is King, right? So and if you don't, if you want to get a little history without going too far back, you can read the Mr. Miracle comic now. Um, though I will say it is pretty confusing as well but just kind of that's one where wait for the trade to come out and read it all at once because reading it uh monthly is not to your advantage if you are not familiar with that character or those characters no that i just being, pull, i pull that and i wait to read that comment because it's so oh, good it is um also watch um what movie is it where they literally go and they fight um, Granny Goodness and Big Bartha and Orion oh, comes yeah. down. There's a couple of the animated movies. There's there's the Superman Batman one, the one where Supergirl shows up. Yeah, yep, that's the Ap- one. It's called Apocalypse. Yeah. Yep. Apocalypse. Yep. So that's the main one. That is that's very I'm good. I'm surprised we haven't got an animated New Gods movie from Batman. Might be on the horizon now. Actually, usually they're tied to each other in some ways. Um, yeah, yeah that's, true. that's true. All right. What's next? Uh, all right. So ramping up DC news on the TV front. Uh, people have been waiting for some news on what's happening with Matt Ryan's Constantine character. He's, you know, they, they gave him his own animated series, which I don't know if it's out yet. Be watching not, it's not out yet. I think it's out this summer or something. Excited for that. That looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, he has shown up, of course, on our shows here and there as a special guest star. He's been on Legends of Tomorrow ever since the uh, mid-se- mid-season finale and and running now. 
uh, but he will become a regular on season four, which is exciting. Uh, so it'll be nice to see him return as a main character on the show. Yeah. If I watched that show, I'd be more excited. Maybe now I'll go back to it because I do love his Constantine so much. Um, that's all. That's all I got to say about that. That show's good, man. It's just, I just, some of those characters I love and some of them I really don't like. And, like, that's where my issue comes in is, like, when they all come together, it works really well in a crossover, but I just got too bored with their individual show. But, like you said, I love Matt Ryan, and, you know, imagine next year's crossover with him in it and everybody, you know? So maybe Black Lightning shows up. Who knows? So that would be crazy. Um, Yeah. So I think it's time for some commercials. I think you're right. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? <laughs> well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you. Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right again. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! Alrighty then. So we are back from those commercials and let's get into it. Shadow of the Tomb Raider, the final in the origin of Lara Croft trilogy, apparently, um, is coming out this September. Uh, September 14th. Um, I love the first two games and I'm actually, I've been really slow with playing the second one because I didn't get it until this last December. Um, it was, a, it was weirdly an Xbox exclusive at first and then it took a whole year for it to come out to PlayStation. So I got it. Um, and I've just been slowly playing it, but I mean, those games are so good. Um, they actually, in a technical aspect, are better than the Uncharted series, just for the amount of stuff that you can do. Um, but, you know, Nathan Drake is Nathan Drake. What is that noise? What it's just coffee. It's, it's just coffee. coffee. Anywho, are you excited about this game? I would be if I... Uh, I'm, I'm going to go back to play the first one. I only got so far into it. I wasn't... I don't think I was that good at video games at that point. Um and now I've been playing a lot of Horizon Zero Dawn and shooting arrows and all that shit. So, yeah, and my wife actually just found out that this movie, new movie, is based on the new game series, which she didn't know existed. So now I have to play them for her. So I will be going back and playing all three of these games eventually. So, yeah. yeah I, I, I love these kind of games. Yeah, I think once you finish Horizon Zero Dawn, 
it's the same. It is very similar. It's just that the gameplay mechanics and the story of Horizon Zero Dawn is really kind of like where it beats um, Tomb Raider. But still, very good. Those games are very, very good. Um, So I I can't wait for this one. Um, Atari, remember them? (laughs) They're back. So here's the thing. They unveiled a new console called the VCS. It will run, and I'm using quotes, hot new indie games on a Linux platform, as well as PC and Atari gaming classics, Um, which there's a wood grain front. The controllers are, there's one controller that looks like a Xbox PlayStation controller. There's one that is an actual old school retro Atari controller, like just the little, the joystick thing. The thing that's really weird is we don't know anything else about it. We don't know, like, how much the price point is. We don't know, like, what it does, like, what the graphics are. It's right now a really big mystery. Um, They almost put the horse before the cart. You can pre-order it, but you kind of don't know what you're pre-ordering other than an Atari. (laughs) Leap of faith. Leap of faith. Very much it is. Very much it is. So I think it's getting its actual reveal um, at the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, which is in San Francisco this weekend. So by the time, you know, a couple days after this thing happens, um, you know, this episode premieres, we will know more. What is this? The press passes this event? Oh, man. I need to do some research. Yeah, you you should probably. Yeah, we need, we we should sit down sometime. Um, what do I have to say about this? Yeah, good luck. Good luck, Atari, because Nintendo can hardly stay afloat. I don't know what you can do special. Yeah, I mean you're you're coming into a video game market that you haven't existed in except for putting out titles since you had a Jaguar. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, but this is going to be. They might as well just like try to do something like what Nintendo did with like, like the NES Classic and stuff like that. I know that they have Atari ones, but I, I don't know how this company thinks they can. I maybe they make enough money on titles. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of pissing me off. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Like I said, I, I don't even know like what's. How can, ask people to, how can you ask people to pre-order something they know nothing about? Like, this is this is the confidence in your product. Or it's like, all right, maybe it's not going to be great, but what we'll do is we'll create this this, this this mystery around it, this this allure. We'll get people to order it, but it's probably not, not going to please anybody, and then you're stuck with it. Yeah. So, it just seems a little fishy to me. Yeah, it's uh, it is, but we will see. We'll see what exactly happens. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, it should be. Uh, we'll find out in this weekend. Okay, in a little bit of comic book news, um, we talked about it a while ago that the kitchen um will be getting a movie. Um, the Kitchen is an image comic 
uh, actually, well, sorry, take that back. It's a Vertigo comic. Um, takes place in the 1970s. Um, and what it happens is that a bunch of mobsters in Hell's Kitchen, um, the husbands go off to jail and the women take over all of the mob stuff. And uh, they're even more ruthless um, than the husbands are. It's art is by Ming Doyle. Uh, you'd recognize him from comic book men. Uh, that oh. name. Oh yeah. Yep. And then it's written by Ollie Masters. Um, Ollie Masters is also known for, according to what I'm looking at right now, by the kitchen. But anywho, we've got some stars. Uh, it's going to star Tiffany Haddish, Melissa McCarthy, as well as Elizabeth Moss, who was on Mad Men and now is killing it on Handmaid, Handmaid's Tale. So I'm excited. I actually read, I haven't read all of them. There's eight issues. I've read the first four. Um, it's a cool idea. You know, nothing crazy as far as like action and stuff like that. It's kind of like a simpler story. Oh, well, okay. It is extremely violent. So there is action in that sense. But I just like that. I think we talked about it before where you don't have to make these huge superhero comic movies. You can go to a more granular level. And, um, you know, we've seen it fail sometimes. Like, a, what's his name with Josh Brolin? Like, um, that shitty movie, Jonah Hex. You know what I mean? And even, like, The Mask and stuff like that. So they've been adapting comic book movies since Cowboys the 90s. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and uh, Aliens, yeah. Road to Perdition. You, you well, Road to Perdition like, is good, though. No, I know. But, I mean, in in the grand scheme of things, there are a lot of comics that people have no like, idea have been adapted. Um, yeah. What's that one with... Uh, the dude from Lord of the Rings, The Road or whatever. Um, so that one, I think. There was a, there's a bunch of things that we've always said. Comic books make the year out of ideas, Hollywood. <laughs> there's plenty of ideas in comic books. Go, so. Yeah, go to the comic book store. I am legend. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that, what was that uh, vampire movie back in the day with Josh uh, 30, Hartnett? 30 Days of Night. 30 Days of Night. I mean, there there is a ton. So anywho, uh, good cast. Um, with the kitchen and there's one more I think there's four women in that but it's going to be so I think they have one more casting choice to make but I'm I'm excited to see what's going on Cool It sounds actually a lot of fun Um, My question is how long will it be before these kind of movies stop going to theater altogether Um, Yes so I guess these movies are cheaper to make so they do make more money in the long run right in theaters is that why these kind of movies do exist in theaters instead of like on netflix and other streaming services funny you ask that uh, yes in the sense that it doesn't cost that much money to make it like this movie legit could probably cost like 15 million it really does not need that much money um and it could make 50 millions you know it would make enough i i listened to an interview with steven s denight um who just directed pacific room 2 which is coming out this weekend. Um, he was talking with Collider and he was saying how it's nice to be on Netflix because we have a movie like Pacific Rim or most movies that go to theater is that you spend $150 million to make it. And then you spend another hundred million dollars for advertising. You know what I mean? Like with all the tie-ins and everything like that. Whereas on Netflix, there's zero advertising. 
for the most part. I did happen to see billboards for The Outsider with Jared Leto when I was riding the Buffalo the other day, which I thought was crazy. I've never seen a Netflix billboard before. Um, so it may be because of everyone's hate for that movie. Maybe they decided to do some billboards to get people wanting to watch it. But for the most part, what, you know, they don't really have to do too much, you know? Like I saw Bright trailers but yeah you know it wasn't too not nearly not nearly the same of no, advertising no, I, I mean it's, there's a big difference than seeing the trailers on our news sites you know than seeing on tv i mean yeah i do remember seeing a couple bright trailers on like view and stuff like that you know but it's like it depends on who's buying these advertisements do yeah you know does will like a streaming service like view pickups pick up advertisements for netflix and vice you know stuff like that who knows you know so you're right it is more of a grassroots um type of advertising for these streaming services uh but yeah yeah, i don't know i don't know let's say it's something that i where do where do these where do these companies take the losses that's that's kind of my thing now these days like does this movie really just like would you go see this movie in theaters now people are going to see Movies less in theaters, I believe, because it's more and more expensive every day. <laughs> you know, I always counter argument that because then we go back to Black Panther. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I I don't think like I think that last year, I believe 2017 was the worst year for the box office. What? Can I say something before you even go into that? I mean, a movie like Black Panther, though, that's a movie that is a big screen movie. You know what I mean? It's when I think of that versus like say the kitchen. That's all I'm saying. To you would... No, go ahead. go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, of course. Like Black Panther is a name. You know what I mean? He's been around since the sixties. It means a lot to African Americans and people of color to have a hero on the screen, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um and last year was a really bad year for the box office, but then there wasn't a lot of good movies last year. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And like Hollywood tries to do some good stuff, but you know, ultimately they make a lot of bad choices as far as like their, their writing is concerned. So, you know, justice league should have been great and it wasn't. So therefore the box office didn't result in a, in a great thing for that. So I think that um, we just need to get better at writing. And we need to greenlight better movies. And as a result, the box office will go up. This year seems promising, but you just never know. And, um, you know, should Get Out have gone to theaters? Who knows? Clearly, it made a shit ton of money. But is that a movie that you traditionally would have thought would have gone to theaters now that we have platforms like Amazon and Hulu and everything else and Netflix? I don't know. I don't know what the landscape is. Bright? should have gone to theaters because traditionally with Will Smith, David Ayer, it makes sense to put that kind of movie, big budget, $95 million movie into theaters. But uh, you, you just, you know, it's, it's a, in five years, who knows, who knows streaming services, cables about to go, you know what I mean? Like every single channel has its own app and all of them are costing money. You know, DirecTV lost, I just read yesterday, it lost like $11 million or something. It was like down like 12% in 
Like it's just because people are doing Hulu and Netflix and Amazon and the Disney streaming service comes out next year. The DC streaming service comes out and you know, when do those things start making their own original movies and putting them out exclusive to the apps? Well, not (laughs) just that. I mean, if you want to watch regular TV, YouTube, Facebook, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, YouTube, PlayStation. I mean, this streaming service where you can just up and quit when you want without signing a contract, it's huge. It's like, I don't, I'd give up some of the stuff that you can get with cable TV if I can just say, yeah, I'm not going to get PlayStation View this month. You know, so I mean, they need to make, they got to stop holding our TV hostage. So that's, that's the thing. And that's what the whole net neutrality thing, too, with that being shut down is kind of scary, too, because it's like, we, we made this much progress into, you know, like personalized content. And now we've kind of, you know, it looks like we almost taken a step back. So let's hope that it continues into the next millennial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, but you, I could rant forever about all that stuff. Um, so Next. Indiana Jones 5 starts filming next year. I don't know why it's not filming this year, to be honest with you. He's not getting any younger, so. <laughs> um, uh, you, know, you know what, man? Um, um, yeah, don't write that shit when I'm trying to talk. <laughs> I, I would rather see the uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, self-biopic movie that he's making. <laughs> I don't know. This this whole Jania Jones 5 thing is weird. I mean, we're going to retcon the last movie? Is that what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. I think it's just going to be a sequel. You know, he's just gonna, Maybe he'll just pick up the hat himself and walk out at the end. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just... It's, it's one of those things where as much as I love Indiana Jones, I don't need to see an Indiana Jones 5. I don't need to see a reboot. I just... Just don't just be what you are. <laughs> just you know. I don't even I don't even watch four as part of it. I mean, you know, it's like there's three Indiana Jones movies to me. That's that's it. Yeah. So whatever. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But um I you know, that's it. I I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> yeah, at least Spielberg's attached. <laughs> um after that helped last time. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the Disney streaming service, uh, we are getting a live-action Lady in the Tra- Tramp uh, movie. Oh, that's what that's for? Yeah. That's, that's Ex- interesting. Yeah, exclusive to the... So, as we just said, a movie exclusive to the streaming app, uh, Lady in the Tramp remake, directed by Charlie Bean, who I believe just directed, like, Peter Rabbit or Paddington, one of these new animated kids' movies that made a shit ton of money. I, I can't remember exactly which one. But that this kind of thing, this is exactly what makes sense to me. I'm gonna like, I like Lady and Trev as a kid. Mm-hmm. But do do I need to see this in the on a big screen, a remake of it? No, it's not like the epic scale of Jungle Book or Lion King, where I need to see these CGI animals running around. But I need to watch two CGI dogs make out over spaghetti. That's streaming service. That's definitely streaming service for sure. Make the sure. end of the movie is the only good thing about that movie. Yeah. Um, and the Siamese cats. That's always good. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember that song actually very well. Um, the Scooby Doo Supernatural, Scooby Natural, I think Scooby, it's Scuba Natural, yeah. Scuba Natural comes out um, in a week, 329. Yeah. I haven't watched Supernatural in years. I will be watching that episode. I will too. You know, it's fun. Um, I, I, I loved Supernatural. It just, it, it, for me, it played itself out. So that's all. It did. It's, uh, you know, what people have said, I mean, it's, there are always shiny moments still in that show. And I, and I do want to go back and watch it at some point, but this I will record. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows? Uh, and then, so we, we got some news that just late kinda, Marvel news. Late two pieces of late Marvel news. This just in. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I, I don't know why I didn't read either one of these things. So first thing, Peter Dinklage is in Infinity War. Yes. Which I didn't know. Well, I knew there was rumors that he was in it. All right. I've known I heard this rumor months ago that he was in it. Now it's confirmed thanks to that poster. Yeah. Um, but I think they're just, they're not, because they don't want to tell you what's going to happen. I I really think it's, I think he plays Pip the Troll. That's the name, right? Yeah. And we get some Adam Warlock in this movie, man. I mean, we at least get the path. Like, if we're getting Thanos' backstory, who knows what they're going to do. I mean... Can you tell people a little bit about Pip the Troll? Because... Adam Warlock and Pip the Troll. I don't. I don't know that much about Pip the Troll myself, but he's a cosmic character that hangs out with Adam Strange. <laughs> I mean, Adam Warlock. <laughs> so, I mean, this is this is my thought process when I when I hear Peter Dinklage is secretly being placed into this movie. Like they want to they want to make they want to do something without us knowing it, but at the same time, you can't not have Peter Dinklage on the. On the on the roll call, you could, I guess, but mm-hmm. but then again, it could be like a Martin Freeman thing where he just plays some random character that you know is a character, but nobody cares. Um, but I don't see that happening with Peter. Dinklage. Now that I'm reading about Pip the Troll, yeah, he's in this movie. <laughs> um, oh, absolutely. absolutely, yeah, he's got connections to Adam Warlock. He's got connections to Gamora. And he's got connections to Thanos in death. So that's, that's, that's happening. That I, that's insane. So it has been rumored for. Yeah. Since since the beginning of Thanos even being around. Yeah. Um, Let's, let's hope, let's hope that they go balls to the wall with this. Correct. Yeah. Let's, let's see what happens. So here's the here's another piece of news. Take this one completely as a grain of salt. Metacritic um, released a cast list of Avengers Infinity War. Put on the name Kurt Clendenin. Um, a lot of IMDb credits, but none of them too big. A lot of background stuff. But what he got named was as Silver Surfer in Infinity War. Which, to the best of my knowledge, and this is why I say keep it as a grain of salt, Silver Surfer was only Fox because of Fantastic Four. Um, was. But it's not complete yet, either. What do you mean? 
the deal. So it's not, is that deal complete at all? Where they could even say, yeah, we're just going to put them in here because we can. Well, what I was going to say is because of Silver Surfer to me is one of those characters that exists outside of the Fantastic Four. You know yeah, what I outside mean? Outside of Galactus, like outside of Freed yeah. from being the Herald, he goes in, on his own adventures. He does. So, and he shows up in the beginning of the the Infinity Comic. Very, you know, he's like he shows up in Bleecker Street and warns he, people. He's the Herald that tells you Thanos is coming, right? Yeah, yeah he he comes all beat up, I think, and goes to Doctor Strange and all that stuff. So, so yeah, what. What we know is that there's certain characters that can exist between properties. Um, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, like they're huge X-Men characters, obviously, but then they're also Avengers. Um, so they have that in between. Kingpin is a huge Spider-Man character, but he also is just a huge bad guy. I mean, so is Dr. Yeah, no, Dr. Doom really is always connected to Fantastic Four. Silver Surfer. He, well, he is. He is. He's, he is. He is. And then they always use him as the ultimate big bad guy. And he is. And then like the good guy. <laughs> He's like, but I can't think of a time where Dr. Doom does not exist with Reed Richards not showing up personally. No, of I course. just can't. Well, so, yeah, no, no, because like, no, absolutely. Yeah, but, they're, I mean, they're tied. This is, this is the thing is like we always say, like, if, if Marvel Studios has this villain problem, they're about to solve that by absorbing the good villains. So, oh God, yeah. Or you just they don't, they don't have them. They don't have they don't have any of the really good villains. It's what's kind of insane about the whole thing. Well, they do, and they don't fucking use it, which is Red Skull. Which is I hope Red Skull comes back. I really hope. I really, really hope Red Skull comes back because that actually has been one of my. Big sad. I mean, obviously we got Loki. Yes, we got Loki. We had yeah. Killmonger. Now he's supposedly dead. That could all change yeah. after this. But um, anywho, I got two things. One, I do hope that Silver Surfer shows up in this movie because I think that would be pretty cool. And he is a character that exists in between things. The other thing I want to talk about real quick, and it just popped in my brain. Luke Cage comes out in June. What happens? Because this is fucking huge. This is bigger than the event. Is anything addressed with Luke Cage from what happens in Infinity War? No. No, because what I think is going to happen is I think they're just going to say this all happened before this, before the before the war. Luke Cage. They can, yeah, they can place it wherever they want. <laughs> you know, it's I just they just I have no faith. I and the either. it's all connected hashtag. In fact, I've broken I've broken that up completely. Yeah. Um, the and when I look at what they just did on Jessica Jones and how they I haven't finished it, but I am very close. And how they've created this very standalone world for her, and they've done a very good like grounded story, but still had the like the supernatural elements to it. Um, I just feel like they're just doing their own thing with this. And even Defenders was very low-key. It's just, uh, Defenders was kind of garbage, but <clears throat> hmm. um, I just I just don't see them doing I, like Yeah, they could put Spider-Man in any of these and it would make sense, but they won't. You know, and so I don't see a lot of fan service coming. And I don't see a lot of, I see zero fan service coming from a, a Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> 
who knows? If they don't recognize Coulson by the end of these Avengers movies, I'm going to be really pissed off because it makes no fucking sense. So, that's... Also agree. <clears throat> but, so, yeah, I'm more excited about this potential of Silver Surfer showing up. Yeah. Yeah. This, would be all... this is something I've wanted since the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I always said, like, it would make a great way to usher in, like, this new age of comic book movies and the ownership that they could do something like this. So, yeah. all right. happened. Yeah, I know. What's next? Uh, we got some Star Wars news. Uh, the Last Jedi is due out on home uh, disc release this coming week, uh, next week, and oh, it's like April fifteenth or something. Is it that long? Yeah, it is a while, dude. Sorry. I thought it was two weeks after the digital release. Usually a month. Damn, damn, they need to change that shit. <laughs> I oh okay, sorry. It's March twenty third, right? 12, it's 327. 327, yeah. It's next, yeah, I knew it was okay. closer. Because I actually posted that. Uh, that post yeah, 327. Now. But they've been doing like a month out now on some movies. Sometimes. It's not available for pre-order on, on Amazon. Of course it's not. I, fuck Amazon. I'm so sick of their bullshit. Um, Sorry. But in all, in all great news, because um, I'll be checking down the steel book of that. Best Buy. Um, there is a 95-minute making of for The Last Jedi on this disc, apparently. Now, The Force Awakens, that was an hour, you know? It was close to an hour, that one. This kind of blows it out of the water. I was kind of kind of happy with what they did with The Force Awakens, because I felt like they were taking that next step. At the same time, it's like they did all that bullshit with the 3D release and stuff. Um, is this it's just one solid release for The Last Jedi? Yeah. Um, there's a director's commentary. There's some making of deleted scenes. But then this documentary. So this documentary is on YouTube right now. Uh, you can oh. watch it. And I have heard, I have read, but a friend of mine watched it and said that uh, there's a lot of disconnect between the cast and crew and the director on the direction of this movie. Like there is a costume director who was like saying, I didn't know how to make the stuff in Canto bite. And I brought it up to Ryan Johnson and I was like, is this star Wars enough? And he was like, yeah, 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 this is star Wars. And the guy was like, I don't know if this is star Wars and a lot of Mark Hamill versus um, Ryan Johnson. Like it, you can, it's all you can see it. Yes, and hear it. Like they kind of play it off. Like, oh, you know, it all worked out in the end. But there's a lot of Mark Hamill being like, "I don't like this," or "I don't think this is what Luke would do," or "I wanted to see this happen." And, really? and it seems like other people just kind of being like, "But it all worked out." But yeah, I guess they don't edit that up. Good. It is good. Um, it's interesting. In the end, it did work out. To be honest, it did work out. Whether or not 100% work out, listen, don't go back. You can't say the first time you watched it, you didn't like it. Then the second time you watch it, you like it. And then you defend it for days and weeks. And then all of a sudden you don't like it. I'm not a, I mean, yeah, I think about it in the long run. I'm not, it's definitely dropped. I need to see it again. I need honest. to see it again. I need to see it at home. And I need to continually watch it at home for like a week and see if it grows on me. Because that's what The Force Awakens did. 
Well, I was I like, I didn't like Force Awakens. I, I still do. I didn't like first. I wasn't a really big fan of Force Awakens when I first watched it because I because of the same shit everybody said, and I agree with it. And I agree with the same shit that everybody says about the Last Jedi. But I still like that movie because I think it's smart, and I think that Ryan Johnson made a good movie. Whether or not now, I feel it's a really good Star Wars movie. So we'll see in the long run. Um, because a, I don't believe we can really make these judgments without a third movie attached to it. Yeah. And B, it did work out, to be honest, even though there are some things that we didn't like about it and we can pick, we can pick it apart because that's what we do. But in the long, in, in the overall thing, it is, it is a good movie. So. Yeah. Just, they got to watch it again. That's yeah. all. <laughs> that's all. I will say I watched it three times in the theater and it was the same thing for me each time. So I, I won't say it's a bad movie. Um, We just got uh, pre-orders for this or Pursuit of Plastic. Hi, Pursuit of Plastic. Um, (laughs) Welcome to the Pursuit of Plastic. Exactly. Uh, We have pre-orders from Mezco's Catwoman. And just while we've been on the podcast, uh, they're Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters are not split up. You have to get all four of them together. And the pre-order price is $300. Um, which makes sense. That's it. It's actually it's actually cheaper than I thought it would be. It is. Um, you know, I I sent it to my cousin Chris Eber, who said the same thing. He was like, "This is actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be." Um, it's, like a, it's like buying a hot toy. It is. It is. Um, you know, a lot cheaper than the Blitzway four pack, which is one twelfth scale, or sorry, one sixth scale, which is amazing, but it's eight hundred bucks. So. You know, this is, uh, it's less than it would cost normally. Normally those figures are $80 a piece. So it's actually cheaper um, by $20. <laughs> but you could go and pre-order those now on, uh, on Mesco Toys. Um, My suggestion with this is that if you're worried about the price, you can always order from Big Bad Toy Store. Put on your pile loot. And just let it go to that. And you pay for it when you want. Ship it when you want. Yeah. So, um, that, uh, I want to go back to the cat one. What do you think? I like it. Yeah, I'm fine with it. It's, uh, it's Jim Lee's uh, hush version of the character, which is now or less the definitive version of the character. So, you know, I'm fine with it. It looks good. I like the, the multiple heads. Not a lot of accessories with it, of course, but no, yeah. really the whole thing is like her old cat suit. Um, and I hope they do a good job with it. I hope they don't do too too much of that pleather shit they've been doing because it's not as it, it it's not as resilient as the cloth. I guess it's, it rips. I don't know. I we'll see. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to get is. This the best example is the X Force Wolverine, uh, originally depicted in cloth. Now it came in pleather, uh, and people have complained about it because the pleather actually rips very easily. If you're yep. So yeah, that's that's something to think about. Mesco, hey, you know, charge us the extra two dollars or however much it costs to get the cloth. Okay, just charge us a little extra money and don't yeah. fucking skimp on this stuff. Clearly, people are going to pay for it. So listen to us. I know you listen to all of our episodes and don't skip on these things. Damn right. Um, 
So what you talk about this next thing. Yeah, let's wrap up today's show with the the final news of Toys R Us bankruptcy has come to an end here and it's it looks like all TRUs will be closing. There's rumors that some will stay open thanks to some millionaire or something like that. And I thought about that. I was like, how the fuck are you gonna get where are you can get your stuff from? Like there's no supply centers, there's no nothing. So all you're gonna do is probably tap into like probably join up with Walmart or Amazon like you did in the nineties and fuck yourself. So um, Toys R Us, listen, you did this to yourself. You think that, and this, I'm going to give you a little history here. And I just said it in the nineties, Toys R Us teamed up with Amazon to do fulfillment. What happened was, um, I'm sorry, early two thousands. What happened there is that people got used to buying their stuff off Amazon all of a sudden Walmart comes in and the toy, like starting like people's one stop for everything is Walmart. Mm-hmm. Toys R Us pricing is what killed it. It's a little bit more. It always was. A little? So eh, say on average, if you bought a Marvel legend, you could get it for 1999. It was 21 you know, at Toys R Us. $2. That, let's talk about Legos. <laughs> Lego markup changed in the last few years. Lego was actually, I noticed at least at Toys R Us I was going to, um, they actually went down to actual Lego pricing. Okay. Uh, and, but you're right. They were marking their Legos up sometimes $10 over uh, what you could get it anywhere else. Especially when you're looking at Amazon, you get a little bit off because you get that discount. So um, another thing they said about Toys R Us was that they never really took advantage of being that toy store. They didn't really do full-scale events um, where they could have brought people in. Yes. Force Friday. I'm talking like besides that kind of garbage. Um, Force Friday was across. Well, the you board. said. I mean, it is. It is what Force it is. Friday is across the board. It has nothing to do with Toys R Us being like, oh, we're going to do the Lego building tournament for the year. You know, like championships and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that. Okay, you're you're right. That's the kind of stuff I read. Like they could have participated in to get more of a draw to their store. Right. Um, so, with that said. Uh, do I I'm not going to miss Toys R Us as much because I stopped using them in the last like maybe they're exclusive stuff like that but you know what in the end it always came down to can I just order this on Amazon with free shipping get it in two days can I go down to Walmart get it cheaper yes I can so it is sad to see these Toys R Us exclusives go but you know what you're a corporation you did this to yourself I don't feel that bad for you and I love mom and pop toy shops. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I'll miss is probably their Diamond Select Toys exclusives that they had. And that, they were the biggest supplier of Diamond Select Toys and NECA to the general public. Um, and they didn't overcharge them. They couldn't. And for that, I, I actually kind of want to talk to Zach um, over, at, over at Diamond Select Actually, maybe we should do that. Talk to Zach and say, what, what are your thoughts on this? Kind of get like a DFAT exclusive interview. Let me write this down. If it, for what he can actually say. You know what I mean? You know, the I'm thing about sure. it, though, is, is that you see more of these things going in. Um, they're starting to like really go into Targets and, and Walmarts now more. So I wouldn't there's be not surprised. A, there's not a Target exclusive <laughs> at, for, uh, for Diamond Select. TRU was the place. But you, you'll see this change, though, unless... With our next bit of news with KB coming back, 
then that's where your excuses will go to. I don't, I don't know. Well, what, so just my last thoughts on Toys R Us is just what you said. They cost too much. Um, their video game prices were actually pretty competitive, and they would do a lot of sales on that. So I like that. I like the Diamond Select stuff. But overall, um, Toys R Us in the last 10 years or so has just been, other than the fact that they had more of a selection of toys than other places, as far as brick and mortar goes, their prices were not competitive to literally going across the street to Target or Walmart and getting the same toy for cheaper. I also feel like the stores have a major problem with inventory stocking. They like they still don't understand the fact that you can't just keep toys from six months ago on the shelf. Like it's either like Hasbro or these companies need to have some kind of buyback program or you just do your clearance shit faster because it's not fair. What the fuck the point of toy hunting if you have like waves from the 10, 10 years ago, still on the, still on the peg. So these stores, they have the employee, they have employees that don't give a shit. You know, it's, they're not really on top of what's trending in toys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, they have these adult centers like for collectors, but they just opened the state of the art toys R us that, you know, it's about to go to business. Anyhow, you know, how big that section was, it was like a small ass little set, like a smallest little part of the wall. So, and then what do you have? You have nothing. So I'm not really impressed by what they've done in the last, you know, what, what happened by the end of, of Toys R Us as well. Correct. And then, as you said, uh, KD announced yesterday that they are coming back. Um, mixed feelings because are they yeah. going to do the same thing that Toys R Us just did? I would hope that they would learn from, their mistakes and you know, I'm going to keep a positive intent because obviously I remember KB very, very well and going in there, but KB was always a little bit more expensive than some of these places too. When I was a kid, you know, going to Hills, going to Sears, you know what I mean? Going to some of these other places and the toys were cheaper than KB, but again, they had that selection. So I, you know, I have, I still have a lot of toys in my basement with KD stickers on them. So, yeah. <laughs> you still, know, I'm going to go. I'm going to check it out. I, I mean, KB was one of my stops at the mall, you know, the five foot mall we had. Yeah. I mean, it's like, um, it's nostalgia. At the yeah. same time, I don't, I, I don't see how this is any different. KB yeah. is a much, was always a much smaller scale store. Maybe they will go into less of the bullshit toys and more into like the collector field. And then I, I, I don't know what to tell you because the toy industry is so volatile anyhow that it's like the collector field is such a niche thing that you can't you can't run a store on it, you know, um, and then you need to have that supply of all the other junk in your store. So it's 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 a hard balance to run a toy store. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I. I stopped really just having faith in Toys R Us because they didn't have what I wanted on a regular basis. And that's the kind of store that I felt like should. So maybe KB can look at this and say, let's concentrate on, on what people have been saying. And, and like you said, don't make the mistakes of the past. Yeah. yeah, That's it. So where can you find us? We are at don'tforgetatowel.com, your daily source for news, reviews, interviews, and more. We also have a 
mighty social media presence. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, you can. Um, I also wanted to say real quick, uh, you know, thanks, thanks guys for listening. Thanks for coming to the site. Um, we're doing some updates in the back end to make it run a little bit faster on desktop and mobile. Um, you know, thank you for going and, and you please download the radio public app. Um, every, every time you do, uh, download the episode, it gives us a little, a little money to put back into the production of the show, which, um, always helps us, which is great for us content creators. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, just thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. (laughs) All right, we'll catch you next time.